Hello and welcome. This is Modern Beers and 90s Nostalgia. This is episode 70. I'm your host, Justin Lamb, and that noise you're hearing in the background is a dishwasher. Uh, we are on location this week, so we're not in the bar. Uh, and it's not a wet bar anyway, so you wouldn't even hear something like that. Can you hear it though? It's a little annoying. It'll go away. Uh, we are on location in Wisconsin this week, uh, specifically right now in Milwaukee. Uh, one could argue the home of some major beers. Um, I always think of Laverne and Shirley, which I actually just watched the beginning of, uh, and I didn't realize they worked at Schatz Brewing, similar to Schlitz, you know, Milwaukee. Um, but I'm super excited to be here, and there's a lot of beer in this state. And uh, not only in Milwaukee, there's plenty of breweries right here downtown, but there's even more uh, beer as you branch out from, you know, Stevens Point to Green Bay. We've talked about some of those on here and, and all over the state, really. New Glarus, which we get into in another episode. But uh, it's a big, big beer area. And uh, it's not a big 90s area. So my topic does not match Milwaukee. There's probably some historical stuff here. I should have done more research. Who knows what the rest of the week holds. But either way, uh, I got a good topic for today. And I want to thank you guys for reaching out uh, so much on uh, Instagram and emailing me at beersand90s or beersand90s at gmail.com. Thanks for the feedback. Keeping it going. I can't believe this is the 70th episode. That is a little crazy. We'll see how far we get before I just give up. I always joke about that, but you'll see. One day it just won't be there anymore. That's not true. It'll always be there. Oh, no, I guess. No, yeah. It's, they're, they're archived. We're good. It'll always be there. <laughs> uh, we'll take a little break, and then we'll get into uh, the Milwaukee of it all. All right, as I said, we are in Milwaukee this week, and so we are going to be drinking a Milwaukee beer this week for uh, MKE Brewing. MKE is the airport code for Milwaukee, if you did not know that. But MKE Brewing, um, they are, they've been around for, since 1997. They have a whole line of beers you can get bottled and even more in their tap room. So check them out. But today we're going to be drinking Louis Demise, which is an amber ale. I always think amber is a nice safe bet. That or an IPA, but sometimes, um, even as an IPA lover, all the IPAs I try sometimes just taste the same, unless there's some weird variation on it. Um, and amber is a nice step up from a lager, but we'll see. We'll see what they. We'll see if I'm picking up what they're selling me. Still hear that dishwasher, don't you? Yeah, I was wrong. It didn't go away. I shouldn't have started it. This is actually all my fault. Struggling, struggling to get that bottle cap off. If you heard that weird percussion noise I was making, that was the bottle opener attempting to take this this lid off. Right out the right out the gate, nice amber color, little malt aroma. Perfect, perfect. Now I'm curious to see the date. 
you know, I don't even know if there's a date on it. I like my beer to have dates on it. Is that so wrong? Because then I don't know if I like it or not. That's local flavor, it says. I said Amber Ale was a, a safe bet. Oh, did I find a date? I sure didn't. Found a number that probably means something in the production, but it's not a date. And I say that because my first sip tasted a little skunky. And that's a little concerning for me. I mean, there's no solids. It's not like two years old or anything. But, yeah, no, it's it's a little skunky. And I've had their IPA and really liked it. It might just be a bottle situation. That's, unfortunately, you never know. And that's why I always bitch about dates and encourage everybody to check them when you, when you buy them. But there are, uh, there, I believe their tap room is right downtown. And you can see more about them at MKE Brew Co. Uh, or MKEBrewing.com. And like I said, they've been around since 97, so no, 22 years, 32 years. No, wait, how old am I? No. Okay. 22 years. Whew. That got real scary real quick. Um, I'm curious. I might go down to their tap room and try their Amber. Do a little comparison because this is not the best. I just feel bad. Um, I try to be honest with my reactions to beer on here, but. I also, you know, I tag the breweries and stuff, so I guess we'll find out if they listen, because sometimes this happens. It's only happened like three times out of 70 episodes, so that's not too bad, but it's happened, um, and <laughs> it's always a little awkward, because I'm like, ooh, gonna try this new beer, and then I taste it, and my natural reaction cannot be avoided, and sometimes that natural reaction is, this tastes a little like garbage. What are you gonna do? Complain about it on a podcast? get to the meat of the episode Alright, this week we are talking about one of the highest grossing films of 1999. I feel like I've been talking about 1999 a lot lately, but as I mentioned four billion times before, what a year for film. Um, This is the classic action thriller chock full of hilarious jokes. Uh, The Mummy with Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weisz and John Hanna. Uh, Great great movie i mean i okay it didn't hold up as well as i thought it would i saw this probably like three four times in the theater i loved this movie when it came out um and i mean it says something about me and it says something about cgi and special effects at the time because they weren't the best and the movie that was the highest grossing that year star wars episode one uh broke new boundaries with cgi and special effects uh but (laughs) But this one, I mean, there, there. This was the beginning of the the villain Emotep had to wear like a motion capture face where he had little red lights, so they could add the special effects later. It was the beginning of a lot of that technology, so it was uh, it was kind of a big deal at the time. 
and looking back, uh, I, I don't remember anything else like it that came out before. Um, and it wasn't until after that when technology got a huge bump in 2000, 2001, and that we just look back on that stuff and go, that's silly. It just looks silly. I mean, another movie that came out that same year was The Matrix. So there's a lot of different studios doing a lot of different visual effects. And some of them came out on top and some of them learned from their mistakes and got better. And some probably aren't around anymore, if I'm being honest. But the cast is uh, is interesting in itself. Like I said, Brendan Fraser, Rachel Wise, John Hanna. If you don't know who John Hanna is, uh, he's a guy who's uh, Scottish, maybe? Um, he was in Four Weddings and a Funeral, which me and Erica recently watched because we discovered that we hadn't seen it before, as you may have heard in last week's episode. But it also has Arnold Vosloh, who is Emotep, Kevin O'Connor, uh, a bunch of other random people, Oded Fair, who was actually in a sweet uh, miniseries on Showtime, maybe? called sleeper cell i was fucked up if you haven't seen it look it up try to find it pretty amazing uh it's probably on their their little uh showtime streaming service if i had to take a guess eric avari who has been in so many things and just adds a little comedic angle even when he's being serious uh tuck watson what tuck watha who tuck he tuck there with a tuck me let's try that again Tuck Watkins. That name might not sound familiar to you, but he's a uh, he's just like a, an American scientist or cowboy or whatever the fuck it is in this movie. And his character's name is Mr. Burns. It's insignificant. His eyes get torn out. It's not a big deal. But we're watching it, and Erica, my wife, as you may know from half the episodes on here, she goes, "Oh, that's a uh, Pistol Pete." And, and it rang in my head and was like, why do I know what that is? From fucking Parks and Rec. <laughs> he's the the Duncan Pistol Pete guy. Uh, he's in this movie as just some American thing. That's the funny thing about the Americans in this movie. It takes place in 1926. So there's a group of Americans and they're all cowboys. Except for Brendan Fraser. He's like a post-war. He's like a war vet that stayed for treasure in Egypt and then got captured and went to jail at the beginning of the movie for three years, I think it is. Um, which is funny because his hair's all grown out when he's in jail. And uh, he looks like he looks like in Tarzan. So, there you go. And Brendan Fraser is the only celebrity anyone has ever said that I look like. And people said it all the time back in the day. Back when I was a teen. Early 20s, maybe. Hopefully I don't look like him now. From the celebrity gossip columns I see. I don't know. How, I don't know how good he's doing. I actually don't think I can name last time I saw Brendan Fraser in a movie. Does he still do stuff? That's a question, and that's a question that can be answered literally right now. Yes, he does. Question answered. I don't know what he's doing. Bunch of movies I've never heard of, but look him up. Looks like he's doing some superhero movies now. Uh, and he was obviously in a lot of mummy movies because this movie spun off into a franchise of the mummy returns and the scorpion king and the tomb of the who knows what there was a bunch of sequels um and spinoffs of this including i think a cartoon series 
and there is uh, Universal Studios had a ride at one point, which I saw that exhibit, and I think I went on that ride. Yeah, good times. Uh, I was a big fan of this, like I said. So when I went to Universal Studios when I was like 16, I was like, cool. This is the mummy. Look, look through this glass case. Isn't that cool? Special effects be damned. The mummy, in all its glory and set design, uh, had an $80 million budget. Its box office numbers are $416 million. So I'd say they they did pretty good. <laughs> they made they made their money back and then some. Uh, I mean, they made five times their budget, so good for them. And technically, it's 415.9 if you want to be a dick about it, but 416 million. All right, just, just leave me alone. Just stop it. Uh, at the very beginning of this movie, when they're doing the backstory and showing what happened 300 years ago or whatever, I guess it'll be almost 400 years ago now, time is a weird beast. Um, the Pharaoh's mistress, who is the one that cheats on the Pharaoh, which betrays him, which leads to this whole fucking thing happening. The Pharaoh's mistress is, is played by an actress named Patricia Velasquez. Uh, and if you recognize that name, well, good for you. That's weird. But it might be because she is on, or was on, Arrested Development as Marta. <laughs> and I thought that was really strange because, like, her face looks familiar. And I was trying to pin it from, like, was it Fast and the Furious? How do I know that? And, like, we always do in my family... We pulled out our phones and did IMDb and we found her and sure as shit, Marta, Marta Estrella on Arrested Development. Um, she was also in The Mummy Returns. I don't think she had a big part in that, but I don't remember that movie and that movie came out after 2000, so who cares? We don't talk about that on here. Um, then, you know, Erica pointed out something too and this is... This wasn't as true in this movie, but, I mean, it pretty much was very true. Uh, lots of white guys. <laughs> lots of white guys playing Egyptians. And, you know, once that's been pointed out to you, and how film has done that, because they've done it for years and years and years and years and years. And back in, like, you know, 50s and 60s Hollywood, it was almost standard. What's that? Uh, it's a Coen Brothers movie, right? Caesar? Something like that. Um, I guess that's Romans. Anyway, you know what I'm trying to say. And then Jake Gyllenhaal played like the Prince of Egypt or some shit. It's really fucked up. <laughs> it's just, it's really fucked up. Just to uh, whitewash a, a movie that, you know, obviously takes place at a time when there was maybe one white guy in the entire fucking country. So, good job there. But, Never something you notice um, growing up unless you're from like a marginalized race where you're like, oh yeah, I notice that all the time because I'm not represented. But as a stupid, privileged, white piece of shit like myself, uh, it wasn't something I noticed as a kid. And now when I watch movies, I'm like, oh fuck. <laughs> it's just tragic. Like, it's fucked up. Uh, Oscar's so white. Is that still a hashtag? Probably not. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's super fucked up how, the, how they whitewashed all this stuff. And, you know, they filmed probably on site for some of it at least. And it probably would have been cheaper to just get a bunch of fucking Egyptian actors. Or at least people from that area that 
you could pass off as authentic Egyptian people. I'm not sure what sort of defining characteristics Egyptian people have, but you get my get my point. Um, instead, they used a, I think, an Eastern European and a, a Puerto Rican and uh, and a Scottish a Scottish guy, maybe. So good job there. But all in all, um, I still like the movie. Erica was not impressed. She'd never seen it before, which is crazy to me. Because how do you grow up throughout the 90s and not see The Mummy? The Mummy was huge when it came out. Like I said, it made $416 million with an asterisk. And the box office, I guess I should just say 415.9. Fuck it. Um, so uh, a lot of people saw it. It was on radars. I mean, if nothing else, you go to Blockbuster Video and fucking rent it. And a lot of people rented it. I can vouch for that because I worked at fucking Blockbuster Video at that time. So it's crazy to me that she hadn't seen it. And that's the whole reason that we watched it. So I was like, what? You gotta, how, how have you not seen The Mummy? That's not something I ever owned because I didn't care that much. And I guess once I saw it like, you know, three times in the theater, I didn't really need to see it again. Um, and some of the CGI definitely doesn't hold up. And there's definitely some cheesy stuff. But um, Brendan Fraser, I always liked Brendan Fraser movies. But it was always like a point of contention as a blockbuster employee. Like you can't be like, oh, you know, bedazzled. Uh, isn't that what it's called? Bedazzled with him and Elizabeth Hurley? And 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 get any praise for that. People are like, what? You, you like that pile of garbage? Um, and then, you know, he did like Monkey Bone. And I mean, he did a Blast from the Past. He did a bunch of movies. I thought his acting in this was really good. Of all the things that I could call out as really well done in this film, it would be Brendan Fraser's acting. Who knew? Who knew? And where'd Brendan Fraser go? Is it, was the problem that he was so popular then that he can't be popular now? Is, is that the curse? Like, you get the fame early, then you lose it? Because, I mean, it seems to be how it goes, right? There's not a lot of people that have just been doing it their whole lives successfully, if, if at all. Uh, I also was wondering... How old was Brendan Fraser? And I guess I could have answered that question for myself. But it, I look at him and, you know, he looks like he's 30-something. And what does that mean? Does that mean he's... Everybody seems older when you're younger. And then all of a sudden, nobody... I don't know. I'm, I've gone cruel side. Um, born in 1968 in December. So he's he was 30 when that came out. Huh. Crazy dog, crazy. Probably 29 when they filmed it. That's nuts. But they said uh, out of their $80 million budget, $15 million of it went to special effects, which is a lot of money. And that's where, like I said, that's when they were like, we're going to make a groundbreaking movie. Unfortunately, like I also mentioned already, so many other people were doing that same thing that same year. So... That year was either you kind of led a uh, kind of an indie, I mean, I say indie, but some of the movies I'm thinking of when I say that are movies that made tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars, uh, like Fight Club and stuff. Um, and I guess it's not indie if Brad Pitt's main character. <laughs> I, take, I take that back. I was also thinking of like Election with uh, Reese Witherspoon and Matthew Broderick, which they're still big actors too, but that was like a canned movie. Um, so 
there was there's a lot of those type movies and then there were just like hollywood fucking blockbusters and this was one of the blockbusters and it did really well and it was it's a perfect reflection of movies at that time like family action movies because it was like a little scary with some dead people but they didn't show any like blood and i mean for the brutal brutal shit that happened to people it was all censored uh you didn't see anything and i wonder what this movie would be like if you did like if they got the r rating and they actually showed like the scarab beetles eating people alive from the inside instead of just like a bunch of scarab beetles cgi cover somebody and then when they go away it's like skeletons all that's left that's some scooby-doo shit right there um i just wonder what that would be like I'd like to see that. And I don't know, from what I was reading, it seems like the Tom Cruise mummy movie that came out uh, a couple years ago, a year ago, uh, might be a reboot of this franchise. But that movie got super shitty reviews. And where I'm not one to really follow reviews, it kind of pisses me off. And I always like movies that like most critics think are garbage, which says something about me. Um, but... I don't know. I wanted to see it from the preview, and then I just kept hearing more and more bad shit. So, have you seen the Tom Cruise Mummy? Should I see it? That's the question. I'm guessing it's like two hours long. Do I want to commit two hours of my time to watching it? I think I, maybe I'll do that this week. I'm in a hotel. Fuck it. Um, give me your advice on that. Shoot me a text or an email. Not a text. You don't have my... Phone number. You might, but <laughs> depending on who's who's listening at this point. But uh, shoot me an email, beers and nineties at gmail.com or get at me on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at beers and nineties and let me know if I should see that movie. Be my critics. That way I don't have to listen to other critics. You guys can be my consensus, my individual rotten tomatoes, if you will. Tell me what movies are bad and good. I'll probably disagree with you, but either way. Think of the friendship that'll blossom out of it. Oh, mummy. Mummy, 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 mummy. You know, I finished the beer. Uh, I didn't want to. <laughs> and I don't know. I, I really need to go try this in their tap room. Because I know I like their IPA. And I feel like a brewery that's been around for 22 years couldn't have fucked up an amber ale this bad. This has just got to be an old one that I got somehow. I'll let you know. I'll update you if I remember uh, next week. Or if you ask me. Because I will definitely find out but whether or not I post it on here, who knows, who knows, but thanks for listening. I believe we're going to have more Wisconsin beers next week. So stay tuned for that and keep on, uh, keep on keeping on, keep on listening, interact and share, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your mother, tell your wife, tell your brother, 
Just don't tell your dog because your dog ain't got iTunes. Um, or any other platform. We're not, we're not prejudiced against what platform you listen to this show on. But thank you. Talk to you soon. Get me at uh, at beers and nineties b e e r s a n d nine zero s on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can email me beers and nineties at gmail dot com, or you can high five me in person at a number of locations, uh, including Camp Anarchy, which is only two months away. So fucking excited for that! It's going to be a lot of fun. Motor City Comic Con is like seven weeks away. There's a lot of good stuff going on uh, in May. So find me at either one of those places. Shoot me an email. Find me online. I'll talk to you guys soon. Enjoy your week. And bye-bye. Bye-bye. Real quick. This fucking dishwasher is still going. Well, I thought (laughs) about the army. Dad said, son, you're fucking high. 